let's go. Welcome back to the Shot Quality Bets podcast. I am your host, Justin Perry, here for another episode live on YouTube, in your ears on Spotify with my co-host, Big 3 for 3. Big 3, we have a great special guest today. I'm not going to waste much time. It's going to be a bit of a compact episode. Going to bring on Moneyline Chad, friend of the site, friend of the show. Welcome in, Chad. Thank you so much for joining us today. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I hope you guys like the ring light. I'm trying to get super influencer over here. Um, Gotta have it. Last feedback was that my background was too distracting. So we're still getting ready. I know B three is gonna like. I got to sign JJ Redick jersey coming in the mail for the background. So, but thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of what you guys do over there. I mean, anything. I'm big numbers driven, analytics driven. so yeah, it's it's yeah. Tell us a little bit about like how you sort of handicap what you're known for. I mean, I've heard a little bit about the greatness, the unders only method. <laughs> like, t- tell us a little why you do that. Maybe how it's worked for you. I mean, I'm sure that there are definitely some people just learning about you. And from what I have learned, they should know. So talk to me a little Thank about you. your strategy in general. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I. In college, like everybody started betting and then lost my shirt um, and then decided that if I wanted to bet, um, I wanted to do it the right way, do it a smart way. So developed a model, tweaked a model over the course of like a year and a half, started showing value on overs and unders, realized my unders were hitting at, you know, a much better rate than my overs. Um, At the time, I was just actually taking first half unders. So I was, you know, banking on a slow start, um, not dealing scared with overtime. What's up? I said scared of overtime. Yep. Scared of overtime, no fouling, et cetera. Yeah. Um, since then I moved on to full game just, uh, just for a little bit less variance. But my whole thing with unders is, and people will argue back and forth, but if you're looking at a team, looking at a game, for an over to hit, you need a lot of things to go right. For an under to hit, you need one or two things to go wrong. Um, you need, you know, a, a, if we're looking at Michigan State tomorrow, you know, Tyson Walker goes 0 for 4 to start the game. He's a little bit off. Um, you know, you need a team to shoot at their, you know, season percentage, basically, to hit an over. Um, or you need some fouls, you need a close game, et cetera. Um, if you look at statistics over the past couple of years, too, in terms of over-unders in general, there is, I think this year, this year is wrong. So it's been a, it's, it's been a little bit off, um, but it's usually about 52% to the under of all games. I think this year is literally 50.1%. So odd makers are doing unbelievable. Um But what I've seen with overs is it's more likely, and especially the teams I bet, I don't bet many high market games. Um, You know, I bank on some of these kids in, in, you know. The MEAC and the the SWAC and the. Yeah, yeah. To just kind of have an off day. Um, And like I said, I mean, it just takes a lot more to go right for an over you know, versus one or two things to go wrong to hit an under and just kind of kind of soar below the number. Um, I also think there's there's always a big 
advantage too in terms of the line uh, when there's a different a difference in pace, right? So you see a really fast team playing a really slow team. If you can look back, see how the slow team deals with the fast pace, the fast pace deals with the slow pace. Can a fast team play their game slower? You can right. sometimes get totals in the 140s, the 150s, where if you know the team is going to play slower and play uh, to their competition competition sort of pace, I mean, the number could be 10 points off market. So that's really what I look for. Um, that's what everyone's looking for, man. So, you know, I'm excited to chat a little bit about, you know, how you use shot quality data, go over yeah. a couple of games. We got big three here who I know you've known probably longer than I have for sure. Yeah. So that'll be excited. We got really uh, just a group of people who model college basketball and have done it effectively. So this should be a good one. Uh, really excited to dig into it. Hear some more thoughts from you, Chad. And uh, maybe we'll let Big Three get a word in a, a couple times, but uh, not right now. Uh, we're going to get into oh. our first game. No, I'm just kidding. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm curious just right <laughs> off the top, um, because you finding more value on the under, Chad, like that's something that anyone who – is like been subscribing to the shot quality site. Like they've noticed the same thing. I've gotten so many DMS right. this year about like unders are hitting at a crazy rate. Unders are hitting at a crazy rate. Last year we hit, you know, over 55% on unders and only 53 and a half on overs, right? Like this year it's even high. like we're hitting 58% on unders and only 54 on overs. I'm curious, like crazy. Th there's lots of different ways to read into it. Right. And it's like, why are, we finding more value on unders in our model and same to you. And like, I'm curious if you think it has something to do with obviously the public likes favorites and overs, right? Like, do you think that part of it is totals are being driven up from, you know, like that's people's tendency is to bet the over and to bet the over. Like, do you think that's a part of why you've kind of trended towards betting unders? That's a, that's a phenomenal point. I'm not a fade the public guy. I'm not a this, that, or the other thing, but it's true you don't want to sit down and watch an under. You don't want to root for misses. You want to see back and forth dunks. You want to see a white kid go five for five from three who nobody knows. Um, Unless you're a real sicko, you know, like I am and you love an under, but the, you know, I like whatever, whatever. Well, people... That's where you and I differ because I will watch usually the first 10 minutes of an under that I bet on. And if it's going a little bit too fast for my liking, I'll take the dog for a walk and check the score yeah. and a half. Um, but no, B3, you're right. And I think that, um, you know, you see a big game and I haven't really looked too much into Maddox about how some of these big games are moving, but yeah, I mean, just off the bat, uh, South Carolina and Kentucky, you know, is already getting bet up, um, you know, a point, point and a half, two points from the opener. Um, you know, Michigan state, Wisconsin is going up just about two points. It's 125 juiced to the over off a 124 open RSC 126. So yeah, I think betters wanting to, and I know, especially recreationally, you know, I hate saying I'm a pro better, but this is what I do for a living. Um, but recreationally in the space, people want to bet an over, and that does give us extra value um, looking towards the under. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's, it becomes very apparent. And especially with, uh, as you said, some of these games starting cold, like also maybe finding scenarios. I, I see a lot of scenarios where, you know, you have a decent lead, especially now in conference play and the clock starts getting milked. Those are ones I love to look for. And the Absolutely. shot quality model especially has done really well uh, on unders where it isn't like 
outlandishly projecting them to, you know, I guess grind to a halt and not even come close. We've done very well on like the unders in like that sweet spot range from like a, a like right where we signify a play rather than like killing it every time we have 10, 15, 20 points, which does happen and they do fine. They're actually, they are up, but a lot of the under profit has come from that first couple of points of value past our threshold of five points. Yeah. So uh, something that I like to sort of, I guess talk about for the anyone's perspective is how do you, how do you feel about like, you know, points of value versus like, do you scale bets based on, you know, when models go bigger, are you more of a, a directional guy? Do you, you know, under try to understand where your models perform best? I guess yeah. that, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So one thing I'll say, and I've said this on any podcast I'm on, I'm model. That's where, I get my stuff, but I also use a lot of intuition. Um, and I also flat stake bets no matter what. If I have four points of value, if I have two and a half points of value, if I have six points of value, it's all going to be the same. If I have something like 10 points of value, usually I think something's wrong and I probably won't play it. Um, but as far as what was the point I was going to get to? Of course, this always happens. Um, no, I no, I'm I was going to say, I can jump in there while you think, I think yeah. like that's something with the shot quality, like bets model that I think like some people have a problem with. And honestly, like I understand that you have like a Ken Palm or like these other ones that I really yeah. respect yeah. too. Like they're awesome models, but you have to kind of realize like, okay, what am I building this model for? Right. And I like, I talked with some really smart people in the industry that had no problem with me or the shot quality bets model showing 12 points of value in some spots. Now, oh, does that mean that I should be showing a line that's 139 at 151? Or like, I think it should be lined there? Maybe not. But obviously, like what we're seeing with those teams is indicating that in no world are we ever going to want to touch an, an under, right? And like, we're going to like the over up to a certain amount. And like, for me, I, just like understanding that our model is directional. And it's like, okay, if we're showing a, a you know, 12 points of value or six points of value. It just means there's something in this game that indicates value to the over, right? Like we don't stake higher for 12 points because like you said, maybe we're missing something, you know what I mean? And so like, I think that's one of the things that we do. And like, I really suggest is like, okay, just because there's too many points of value doesn't necessarily mean it should scare you off, but it also shouldn't mean like, Hey, this is a play that's going to hit at 90%, you know? Right. Right. And if we're looking at some of those games, like we talked about, you could have 12 points of value if it's a really fast team playing a really slow team and they play that slow pace. There's games that I take and I'll say it to CC, who's my partner. I'll say, I'm going to take this game. It's going to go over by 15 or under by 15. So having those points of, of value is not necessarily a bad thing for me, the way I model, it could be a bad thing, but no, I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, if you, you have to contextualize it is it sounds like you don't necessarily just simply sit there and rely on the numbers. You contextualize it, use other uh, intuition points and try to understand why a model is projecting what it is, not just, OK, it's projecting it, have to act on it. And I think that's probably like the graduated step when you've been modeling for a while. I mean, I I look at the shot quality bets model every day. And I think you, you start to learn sort of how it works with the data it, it knows over time. And, and that's totally. illustrative 
of that the the core principle that models are are tools and they're resources and and can you just swing a pickaxe and eventually strike some some gold maybe but like you know if you really use how to if you really learn how to use it that's where you can start really taking advantage and i think we're going to talk about some games and maybe see yeah. how uh these smart guys here and myself uh actually do take advantage now I will give myself a little credit. I had a hell of a weekend, boys. I had a 14 and 6 run this weekend. I'm the opposite of you, actually, Chad. So I have been like a spread better for most of my career as a, a you know professional better. I don't I don't actually do it for a living uh, anymore, but you know, it it was sort of how my modeling was always the most successful. And you know, I've also had big three here to build the shot quality model that takes care of the totals better than I've been able to do. So uh, I, I stick with what I know and it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend, even though shot quality rated like a bunch of my wins yesterday as expected losses. We're going to take it because take all it, December, look, all December I had those expected wins and they don't count at the pay window. So we're going to take them this weekend. It was a nice weekend, uh, but let's dive in. Let's open up the shot quality bets website talk a little bit about what we're seeing out here i'll get it on the screen uh chad you're the guest man what what game do you want to talk about a little bit here i have the value finder up we'll take a look at some of the team pages and get a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the shot quality statistics as you chat about what you're looking at um i mean if we want to talk a singular game that and me not being a spread better i really like michigan state on the road um why i don't know probably because my numbers just like it a lot um i'm curious what you guys think i'd love to pull up the shot quality on that um as far as spread goes um total in that game i probably wouldn't touch but that's going to be a good yeah so you that's awesome you guys are seeing points on or value on i'm just not sold on wisconsin um I think Michigan State's a good road team. It's not a far travel. It's – I just think they're the better team. I mean, if you look at efficiency ratings and – I mean, it's it's going to be a slow grinder of a game. Um, and I just trust Michigan State to score and kind of own the boards a bit more. I don't know, B3, if you have a take on yeah. that. No, I definitely agree there. I think, like, honestly – we show value on the over here, which I think is a little counterintuitive, but a, a total of 126 here in a, in a conference game like this feels really low. And, and like you kind of talked about before, um, I, I would want no part of that under at 126. And maybe it's not the easiest over to hit, but yeah, we're showing like seven points of value to the over. Um, so that definitely sparks my interest. Um, I, I agree, Michigan State on the side. I think like Michigan State right now, and I even saw a conversation about this earlier today, um, they are being downgraded a little bit on analytics sites, I think, due to some of the injuries they've had this year, right? Yeah. So like a lot of sites obviously are, are, including us, like it's, it's hard to take into account injuries on a game to game basis. Right. So when you've played 15 games on the season and you've played three, four or five of them without a couple of your starters, you are going to just be rated lower than you should be if everyone's back and healthy. Right. And so I think like this Michigan state team is probably being underrated a little bit just due to some of these injuries earlier in the season. And I agree this Wisconsin offense is, is pretty poor. Um, and it's not really, it doesn't really scare me that much. And I think, I, I think you're right, Chad. I don't think that they're going to have 
a tough time on the road here. I mean, every Big Ten road game is really tough, right? And I think you, at some point, you got to be able to pull some of these out. So I would agree as underdogs, I, I also like Michigan State here. For sure. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. We've seen that like both these teams might be due to regress. So it, it might be a little ugly. Uh, I, I think that's pretty fair given what we have seen out of some of these matchups coming out of the Big Ten. Uh, it, it's going to be a good one. I think we're going to have a great game and I like taking the the road dog here. It should It should be the right type of play in conference play. I think people like you said, it's not this massive distance. People might be giving the home court a little bit too much respect. And we've seen some mediocre play out of Wisconsin recently, looking at their most recent results here. Uh, that loss to Illinois, probably a bit more exaggerated on the court than shot quality expected. But, you know, only beating this Minnesota team by three, or basically a shot quality tie. I don't know if you guys have been as disappointed in Minnesota as I have, but that's not exactly some standing uh you know impressive feat in my opinion so yeah I'm, I'm with you wisconsin might end up looking like the worst team by the time this one's done yeah and i think if we're looking at a total like you said b3 and especially with you know a spread so close essentially a pick them um there's likely going to be fouls unless you're playing for a final shot so i think that's where that over could get home yeah um, right on a tight game like this, it also has an overtime liability for sure. Right? Without a doubt. So yeah. if you're if you're even thinking about an under on this, like I don't know. I mean, this is a great question for you, Chad. Have you ever found yourself sprinkling those big overtime odds to sort of counterbalance a full game under? Is that something you've ever you know considered? Is it is I I don't like do it as regularly, so I haven't actually ever done the math on if it's worth it. But we we've been seeing a good amount of games go to overtime recently. Uh, how does that impact your betting strategy as an under purist? Honestly, I sweat it out. I very rarely, I remember one instance last year, I forget who Fresno was playing. They were at home. Whoever came back, they didn't foul on a three. It went to overtime. That's the one time I hedged because I was, I was like, whoever the coach of Fresno is, I forget his name. I was like, this idiot's not going to foul. <laughs> He didn't foul. They drained the three. So I ended up positive on that game. That's the one time I did it just purely based off a hunch. Um, the best was, and this is going off topic, but the beginning of last year was the best win of my career. Somebody brought it up recently. I won a three overtime under. Wow. Um, what was the game? <laughs> No way. It was it was like Troy and some it was some like smaller conference. And the reason I remember it is because I had the over, but I bought yeah. I, not the over after Chad had moved nine sixty five. And we literally overtime. we middled it. I had over one thirty three and a half, and I think he had under one thirty four and a half, and we middled it in triple overtime. Yep, Troy Jackson State. Yeah, and I think right. I think there were two instances where either in the end of the game oh, or the God. end of one of the overtimes where a kid like had a free throw to end it and he just bricked it. And I I remember I was at the Ducks game in Anaheim, and like my service was shitty, so I was like, yeah, we won. And then it was like overtime. And then I was like, yeah, we won again. And then it was like overtime. And then I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Um, That's amazing. But yeah, That's I mean overtime. Sucks. And and that was my, so I think my first year and a half really was 
um, first half betting unders just because you don't have to worry about the fouling. But what I, when I ran numbers after that full year, I actually would have been better on full game because sometimes these teams just come out hot and then it just evens out in the second half. Yeah, that's definitely a component too. And I feel like people hate betting unders for that exact reason, right? Like I get complaints all the time, you know, so many of these games go to overtime, you know, like fouling at the end of these games is ridiculous. Why are you fouling down 10? And it's like, okay, you, you realize that the first half total is, you know, eight to 10 points lower than what it, you know, or I guess like yep. eight to 10 points, what the second half total is for a reason, right? Because there's not fouling at the end. You don't have the liability of overtime. You don't like there it's built into these lines. Right. And I think people are like trying to outsmart the, like the books know that there's fouling at the end of the game. The books know that, there could be overtime, right? Like those types of things are built into these lines. And so I think like trying to avoid them or like getting scared of them, like is, is just not worthwhile. Like you might be getting an extra point or an extra lot of points, you know, on a game because there probably is going to be fouling at the end, you know? And so I think like you just take those things and you hope that, you know, you get lucky and it doesn't come into effect or the game's been slow enough in the first place that it's not a huge deal. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's not worth, worrying about or like changing your plays and doing that type of stuff. Like if you're betting a full unit on an under and hedging even, you know, 0.05 units on overtime or something like that, like ultimately you're just going to be cutting out of your profits. I don't think those types of prop bets um, are ever going to be worthwhile. And it's just like, if you're that scared of it going to overtime anyways, just don't bet the under. I agree. I agree. Um, I see a comment someone's going to the New Mexico games tonight. I'm very jealous. I've loved watching that team this year. Ooh, yeah. It like shot quality has a little bit of value on the under you brave souls. Um, Oral Roberts has my number. That game should be a track meet. Um, I'm actually really, really excited to watch that. Um, it is awesome. I'm yeah. I'm also super jealous. Um, honestly, now at plus six, shot quality shows value on oral Roberts. I will yeah. say at minus four and a half, I took New Mexico last night, which I know Justin and I are going to disagree on. So Chad's going to, Chad's going to have to be the, the neutralizer here. I think this is just a tough spot for oral Roberts. Obviously. Um, I mean, this is a, a weird spot for both of them in the middle of conference play where you play a non-conference game like this. Um, it is. And I think it's huge advantage to the home team where that happens. I think, Oral Roberts having to go on the road after they just won on a half court heave um, against a team they should have killed. Max, man. I mean, I agree, but also efficiency wise, he has been so down this year. And I think he is such a huge piece of this offense that when he's not being efficient and when he is not at his best, like the rest of the team really, I mean, not that they're not good offensively, but they're going to struggle against a team that can score it like New Mexico. And to me, middle of conference season, this game ultimately doesn't mean much to either team. New Mexico no. off two losses. Um, I think Oral Roberts is honestly being overrated right now because of the quality of teams they've played. They haven't really played anyone that well. Honestly, you look at the Missouri State and Liberty wins are their two like top 200. Liberty's games. pretty impressive, to be honest. But, but, I, but I want you, like both those games are home, and those are the only two wins they have over a top 200 team. Every other win you look at there is a team – in the bottom 150 of the country. And so to me, it's like, okay, I understand now analytics sites have Oral Roberts rated 60th, but it's like, who have they really beaten to justify that? Like their only two wins against even decent teams being Missouri State and Liberty, both at home, um, to me is just like not yeah. significant. 
Um, and now you go to, and you look at like, okay, they played St. Mary's pretty well, right? Lost by yeah. H, not quality score by 11. Yeah, New Mexico went to St. Mary's and beat them on the road. So to me, it's just like, I think these are two different tiers of teams. And I think you kind of see Oral Roberts getting this boost from beating a lot of bad teams. And I think that kind of gets equalized tonight, um, especially in the pit. Let's be honest. I kind of think Oral Roberts has been overrated since Max left. <laughs> well, he's still there. Is he still there? Oh, Banner yeah, left. Oh, Banner shot, yeah. left. But yeah, Max yeah. is still there. Yeah. Um, but O'Banner, yeah, obviously. This is, this is what I think is going to be the big deal for New Mexico. They have the best efficiency on shot quality attacking the rim this season. And I don't know. Like, that's what it's going to have to be is somehow we're going to have to see some type of regression or maybe a backdoor cover late. Like, I, I'm aware that, like, this is probably a tough spot because, like, both teams are in these weird, like, market points right where like situationally people are like oh new mexico just lost too they're not gonna lose again and and those are like i love i love the, i love going against that narrative um but then also of course the the heave from oral roberts but i think people might be almost like reading into that too much they did a good job at just keeping themselves in it and i think they're that type of smaller team that can kind of hang with anyone has that danger for late in the season in march uh in the tournament but I think this would be a great game, and I kind of wish I had that six, six and a half that I've seen out there. I got bit by a bad number yesterday on Siena, and I just had this looming feeling uh, today. But, yeah, that's going to be a great one. Uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting one to see how that goes. Anything else that you guys want to touch on? Probably going to do, a, like, maybe one last game here. Big three, anything uh, you've been looking at for Tuesday? One thing, by the way, before we move oh, on. please. Yeah. That, like, coming off a loss. I mean, we just saw it with UConn. I – I'm a UConn alum, whatever. Nice. Lose to whatever. Xavier. I'm like, like it's going to be Providence, whatever. And we all saw how that game unfolded. So, you know, mm-hmm. losing two in a row, young team, you never know. So, yeah, I will be no. taking some more Roberts. I think I may wait to see how the game starts, see if I can get a little bit more value. But um, you heard yeah, it here. Three. This does worry me, like, the narrative, right? And, like, I would never bet a game based on the narrative. Like, I, no. I'm too numbers-driven to care about any yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like I to read, sprinkle a little narrative on top of my, my numbers sometimes. My read has nothing to do with the fact that New Mexico has lost two in a row or has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the fact that Oral Roberts just won that. But if you do look at some of Oral Roberts' previous shot quality games, like, they beat Denver by five on the shot quality score, you know? Like, they had this tight one with UMKC. Like, they have not... I think Omaha was the other one. Like they just have not been playing that well, at least by shot quality scores. And also they've been playing some tight games in the summit league, which they should run through people in. And so I don't know. I, like, I said, like I said, I, I just think this is a tough spot on the road and the pit is one of the harder places to play um, in the country. And I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a, it's, in my opinion, it's a good spot for New Mexico beyond the narrative. But let's go to one more game that I like for tomorrow. And honestly, I'm going to talk about the side, and I think I'm going to tee chat up for um, <laughs> the, the total. But I like Wyoming tomorrow. Um, this is a lot of points. And Wyoming is missing – they just have, like, so many pieces that yeah, have been amazing. out or rotating out, whatever. Um, but Maldonado seems to just be carrying. Um, but to me here – I mean, I think this was 11. It might be 10 now. That would. That yeah, would I'm seeing 10. 10. I, I think but we even at, 
Uh, yeah, it is 10. Okay. But either way, I, I still like this at 10. Obviously, shot quality has it as a one possession game. That'd probably be assuming these guys are are healthy. It's it's probably would be closer to four or five um, given current health standings. But um, I think this is a really good spot. Utah State has been just not great ever since that Hawaii trip. Um, they have not looked very good. And you look at some of these games with Wyoming, obviously at home. And I understand Laramie is probably one of the tougher places to travel to and play, but I mean, just played San Diego state in New Mexico, who I think most people would agree are much better than this Utah state team. Just played both of them really tough. Um, catching 10 here is just too much. You saw Fresno state just go to Utah state, um, last week at some point And, Fresno state was up in the late in the second half and Fresno state offense is very poor. They don't have someone like Maldonado um, who can get them buckets towards the end of the game. So I think I would expect Wyoming to be in this game till late. And I think they have the offensive pieces to be able to actually hang around late. Yeah. So taking a look at these shot quality team stats, I mean, the, it tells you exactly why the model is going to like this Wyoming rated 60th in shot quality adjusted shot quality this year in Utah state, just a little bit below at 62nd. But what really stands out to me here is the ribbon three rate for Wyoming is impressive at 26 and they're expected to have an eight and six record based on the shot quality and everything that they've taken while Utah state at 12 and three is expected to be nine. And that's six. insane. So you're seeing about literally a 50 point combined difference in terms of record luck on shotqualitybets.com. So this is a really nice spot based on the offense that these teams are generating right now to take the points. Uh, Wyoming should be able to get this one done, even though it's a tough spot. I don't know. Chad, tell us a little bit about why you like the under, though. If I had to guess what you're playing. I mean, this is just going to be a pure pace play i mean if you saw the utah state game they played pretty slow against fresno so i mean this is just kind of locking a high number because if they do end up playing slow it's going to go well under um i mean i'm showing about three points to the under What's the line at right now i believe 140 and a half okay um, so I'll more than likely be on that under, what about uh, I mean, Wyoming is so slow. Sorry. It's one, it opened 143. It's 141 and a half. You can get 142 juice to the under at bookmaker. Um, so this will be one of those, like I talked about could go over by 15 under by 15, but they have, I mean, if you look at their, their, entire yeah they haven't played necessarily slow in a majority of their games but i'm just looking at more recently fresno air force was kind of an anomaly um and then boise state i mean they scored 59 points so um i'm gonna see i'm gonna keep looking at this line i wish i hit the opener um but it's one of those where i don't mind if i hit the opener because you know, if it plays like their Fresno State game, it's going to go under by a lot. If it plays like, you know, they're dictating everything that it's going to go, probably hit 148, 150. So, yeah, what yep. Justin's showing here is is pretty good for what both of us are saying there. So, yeah. Wyoming, for those of you that haven't used the site, I guess Wyoming is five to eight, five and eight to the over this year. But based on shot quality scores, we expect them to have only been two and 11 to the over. So we only have yeah. two of their games going over. Um, yeah. 
and so in like what Justin was showing there, like games with a total of over 133, we have them one and seven to the over. So this is a team that even though they have, you know, been splitting, they're four and four to the over. They expect that, yeah. based on shot quality, we have basically all of their game totals. I mean, that's a lot of value here on this. I mean, just Same with the spread too. I mean, we have them yeah. five and seven against this, or they are five and seven against the spread. And we say they should have been, you know, eight and five all three of their conference games shot quality expected them to go under they've gone over in two of them so over by 22 points against san diego state they were expected to go under by 9.3 based on the shots taken that is that is pretty crazy i i think i mean look at look at that points per possession that they generated 0.94 and they still got to 75 points that's just pretty hard to do so maybe a little bit of an indictment here yeah they just shot so hot that's crazy yeah. i mean yeah. you would expect that to sort of progress to the mean a little but that'll be really interesting to watch we actually got to wrap it up chad no i just want to give you a really a quick chance to like end with anything talk a little bit about where they people can find you and and you know you know if you feel generous what you like about shot quality uh, listen, man, I love shot quality. Um, and I am not being paid to say this. Um, I've been really excited since I got the opportunity to come on with you guys. I think it really shows people who are new to models who hear, oh, this guy has a model and doesn't really see the ins and outs of how they can use it to bet, um, either recreationally, professionally, etc. Um, I mean, some of the stats you just showed about, you know, points per possession and just kind of the luck. Um, there's so many different ways you can approach a game. And I think that there's so many different angles used to win. you can use to win besides, okay, this team's offensive efficiency is better and their defense efficiency is better and they're going to win the game. Um, so I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys. Um, I'm not a salesman by any means, um, but... If you're interested in getting some unders, um, there's a few links in my bio. I run a Discord with um, CC, also known as Keep Betting Co. Um, about, I think I'm up about 21 units this year on unders. Due for some regression, without a doubt, um, as we all are at some point in time. But um, no, I thank you guys. We got some good games to look forward to. Looks like we're all going to be rooting for Michigan State and then uh, probably split on that role Roberts. so the next time we chat we're gonna have to duke it out all right well yeah no for real thank you so much uh for coming we'll have to uh get you back on the show for a little bit more of those head-to-head -head battles i'm sure uh mr chad here will be joining us soon but for anytime, anytime. no seriously it was great and big three uh to you as well thank you for joining as you always do every Monday and Thursday, you can catch the shot quality bets podcast live on YouTube or streaming on Spotify. We will be here again, of course, next Thursday or this Thursday to preview the weekend slate. And we'll probably have a fun special guest too. Maybe they'll only bet overs who knows, but thank you for joining the shot quality Bets podcast. I'm your host, Justin Perry, and we'll catch you next time.